Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarind Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirby Rosblock, and today we're talking about consolidated reporting. This is a very important topic that is not easy to get your arms around, but we are lucky enough to have Jeremy Langlois from Mirador, who's gonna share a lot more about what is consolidated reporting? Why should you care? How do you actually create a consolidated report? How do you read it? What might be inside of it and more? So Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to dig into the topic today. Thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate you, you having me on here today. Um, and I'd love to just, you know, maybe just set the stage to say, why am I here? Um, yeah. And uh, our firm, Mirador, uh, operates performance reporting systems on behalf of our clients. Um, you know, the idea behind starting Mirador is really born out of our managing partner, um, was working at a private bank that was offering aggregated performance reporting to, you know, aggregate on any client's asset, no matter where it was held. Um, and after building out a team there, he realized nobody was really sitting on the client side or the family side running these tools and these technologies. Um, and so we started with a large single family office out of Greenwich, Connecticut. We we're aggregating assets in multiple countries for multiple generations um, and you know, implementing them on a system called Adapar. Um, today, over the last six years, we've grown that business to now represent a little bit over 120 clients and a little bit over 130 billion in total assets that are reported on. Um, so work directly with a lot of families and, and wealth management firms to run their performance reporting systems. Um, i.e. we're a service that works as an extension of our our clients or our family side, helping them through consolidated reports. And you've had quite a, a run at, at uh, Mirador in terms of your involvement at what, six plus years now you've been with them and really seen them grow. And of course, I have to call, give a shout out that you're um, a hockey player and uh, actually we're juggling both while um, your early days at Mirador. Tell us a little bit more about your role and the, the you're, you're the advocate, right? So you're you're really charged with making sure these client relationships work. Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, it, it's kind of funny to look back, you know, what is six years ago now? I, I met Joe, who's our managing partner in a coffee shop with a business plan. Um, and at the, at the time I was playing professional hockey um, and I had worked at a hedge fund and I'd done some finance, finance jobs before that, but I was a professional hockey player at the time. Um, and, you know, after sitting down and deciding kind of what was the next step, I'm not a person who just sit there and do nothing during the summers. Um, and it, you know, it sounded like an interesting kind of intersection between technology and the finance side of it. Um, and I think that's really what our firm has executed in, you know, melding those two things together over the last number of years. Um, so I finally, you know, hung up the skates, uh, a number of years ago now, um, and I've been dedicated and focused on, yeah, being an advocate for the clients. So. You know, I, I directly work with a lot of our families and, you know, helping them pick these tools as well as making sure that, you know, on an operational basis, our, our team of client advocates are, you know, executing and fulfilling our client requests. So um, it's a kind of a nice intersection of having a lot of conversations about finance, which I like, as well as, you know, 
making sure that the technology is leveraged uh, on behalf of the clients. Well, this is great. I'm very excited to dig into consolidated reporting. I mean, today we're really covering the 101, but maybe you can just start us off with giving us more insight. What is what is consolidated reporting? Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to share some um, some slides today to to just go over you know what is consolidated reporting from that point of view. Um, you know, I think it's it's interesting to to go through you know what are the reasons behind it. Um, I think as you move forward in, in complexity, you know, you have you have simple family situations where you know you have a, a husband and a wife and retirement accounts, and uh, you know, with that becomes yes, you need to track. And you know, people may be familiar with the Mint.com or some of those other ones, right? If you plug in some of your um, your, your relationships, and you can see assets. Um, now with complex wealth that just, you know, the, the requirements are many more in family members, many more banking institutions, and, you know, usually not just liquid assets, but e-liquid assets, whether it be, you know, family holding companies or real estate or anything else. So, you know, with greater wealth comes greater complexity around those things. Um, and with that becomes the, the need to, to be able to appropriately track on those. So you can, you can see some of the, the benefits that, per, that arrive from some of that wealth that ends up happening. Um, so to take you through like a, a family tree and, you know, this, you know, we have it labeled as complex would be like a run of the mill family for us. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see things that are, you know, like I said, multiple generations, you know, 50 family members with pooled family entities and, you know, the whole likes that I, I know you're very familiar with too, Kirby. Uh, but this is a good example of, you know, you'll have a husband and wife, you'll have a family holding company, you'll have multiple LLCs, trust for the children, the likes there. Um, you know, the, the drivers of wealth can come from a variety of different areas. Maybe it is the family holding company. Maybe the matriarch or patriarch is an executive or, you know, wealth driver in some certain areas. But within these different levels, they're all going to have banking relationships. They're all going to have investments that are going to reside under there. Um, and so when families start to, to add more of these structures and that may come with more kids, that may come with just, you know, more money and more assets, um, you know, those type of structures lend itself to, you know, you need to be able to accurately track those things um, to know how well you're doing and, and some of the actual benefits behind it. So, you know, I'm sure many of the, the audience that we're speaking to have seen family structures like this, have seen family structures much, much more complex. Um, you know, the complexity doesn't always mean you have more entities. Complexity could also just come from the investment types that you have. So, you know, the clients that we have that are private equity executives, right, they're going to have many more private investments, and that requires more tracking and more, um, you know, uh, maintenance of the, the data behind the scenes. Uh, but I think it's helpful to, to add a visual to the example. For sure, for sure. I totally agree. Are, are families and family offices really the only clients that you serve, or are there others that really leverage um, aggregated consolidated reporting? Yeah, so about... 60 to 70 percent of our business is working with you know single family offices and wealthy families. Um, you know the other sides of it is there is wealth management firms, whether it be multifamily offices, RAs, um, you know any anybody that really manages wealth from that perspective that also you know use aggregated performance reporting. Um, sometimes there's limitations to that. Sometimes they only aggregate what they're actually managing, right? And so we take a holistic view of, of reporting on any asset, no matter where it's held. Um, so there are some cases where wealth management firms are providing some consolidated reporting, um, but likely it's more you know, generated around what their mandate is, what they're looking at. 
Um, endowments and foundations is a growing part of our business, right? And so, you know, the asset types that they're reporting on, you know, usually less on the, the, the structure, less entities, but more on the asset side, more on the tracking side. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's across the board. You know, everyday people need to know where their money is and what their risk is and, you know, how well they're saving for retirement or how well they're planning. Um, it's just when you get to certain levels of wealth, in certain levels of complexity, you know, using a firm like Mirador or using somebody that provides aggregated reporting or doing aggregated reporting in-house, um, you know, lends itself as the, the wealth increases. Well, maybe you can tease out um, really how aggregated and consolidated reporting are different than maybe traditional reporting. And I mean, are there benefits? I mean, is there a clearly a, a, a enhanced view when you look at things in aggregate? Yeah, the, you know, I think the, there is a lot of benefits to it. Um, now with the benefits, there is a cost. Um, so you need to pay for technology, you need to pay for people, uh, but the benefits are, you know, the traditional, you don't know what you can't see, um, right? And so as you're busy managing the family or managing business assets or anything else, you know, other things are going on the sidelines and you need to be able to wrap your arms around in a consolidated view. You know, the data aggregation technology, yes, you need to spend on it, but once you do, you can now slice and dice the data as needed to give you the, you know, what we call it the, you know, the, the better tools to make better investment decisions or better allocations, right? And so we're not here to tell you to invest in Apple or to, to buy Microsoft, right? We're telling you, here's your allocation and it's up to you to either speak with your managers or to, to see concentration risk or anything like that. So, um, yeah, the, the ability on the consolidated reporting, right, is now you can see what you own, regardless of whether it's an asset, whether it's a liability, whether it's located at Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, or, you know, Credit Suisse Bahamas. You can manage all of those together, even if they're in completely different geography locations or asset types. Um, and, you know, so it gives you the ability to then gauge risk gauge performance, right? And so, yes, your managers are giving you things on, you know, how well they're performing, and you know, maybe they're giving mandates on benchmarks or allocations, right? What you then can do as the family office, right, is now they're not self-refereeing. You're tracking performance. You're tracking how well they're they're staying to their mandate and their allocations, um, and then you're doing it at a top level. So if you are using multiple managers, now you're seeing, you know, manager one, two, three, and you're seeing them all together um, to, to be able to gauge risk. Um, and so there's, there's ancillary ways of, of some of those benefits, whether it's concentration risk or being able to break down into geographies or sectors or anything like that. Um, I think an important one to touch on is, you know, the, either the estate or the tax planning side of that, right? And so a lot of families, as they will have many entities, some of them will taxable, some of them won't be taxable. Some of the trusts will have different implications behind them. So as you're being able to track all of these across, if you're needing to sell for tax reasons, if you're you know, needing to, to do reallocations or transfer money or loan money from trust to trust, by being able to have all those things aggregated, you, know, you can easily make those determinations rather than putting it all into Excel, typing it up and trying to figure out, oh, this owns here, this owns here. The technology does that on the fly with the click of the button. So what used to happen, right, is people would do a lot of this in Excel. They'd pull up a statement from, you know, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, everywhere else, and then they would be able to make some of those determinations. And that's a lot of man hours and time to just do that. 
Um, so the benefit is now everything on the technology side has those things aggregated. So yes, you can do some of those allocation work, but you can also layer in a time-weighted return or a risk calculation or something like that, something that's iterative that these technology and tools can just do on the fly. Well, and not to mention, I mean, the human error, right? We're all, um, you know, so driven, but there's a lot of um, probably the greatest risk is human error when you're using Excel and, and other manual-based inputting type, you know, software packages and, you know, everything looks great until you miss a zero or um, you put the decimal in the wrong place or um, you just input the number incorrectly and the next thing you know, <clears throat> everything is skewed and then you got to go find out where did I, where did I make that mistake um, in the spreadsheet? Yeah, 100%. So maybe we can actually just jump in and check out what some of these reports look like and, and maybe you can talk us through them. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, we work with a wide range of, of families and wealth management firms. Um, so these reports can all be tailored, you know, to the family. You know, we usually start with, you know, what is the goal and what are you looking to, to see? Um, being able to distill this down, it is a little bit of an art and a science, right? So it's an art, you need to make it visually appealing, you need to make sure it's, you know, telling that story for the family. And then there's the science and math side of it is the numbers need to reconcile. You need to have everything, you know, from a calculation base work correctly. Um, but once you have those together in views, you think can then create these reports. So here's a you know basic example of a dashboard, you know, at an overall family view. This overall family view can be aggregating across multiple managers, multiple entities, you know, and, and so now you can see asset allocation across and see you know, where is the family asset, uh, allocated to equity versus fixed income versus the other asset classes. Um, you know, the, the bottom chart on the, the left, the change in value. What did I start with? What did I end with? Did I make money? Did I lose money? Did I pull out money? And that's the reason why the, you know, the portfolio value went down. Um, and I think the, the chart on the, the right that's kind of blown out there, the performance by manager. You know, I think that, that's where the families by you know, handling consolidated reporting on their own get to be control of that, right? And so they can set, you know, uh, you know, manager performance from that side of it and then hold them accountable and be able to track that on their own side. Yeah, I love that um, you have the benchmarks in there to compare performance. Yeah, yeah, and there's, you know, there's some cool things with some of the benchmarks. You can create your own custom benchmarks. Um, you know, we often see families will have the managers, you know, confirm or select their own benchmarks and then they'll actually do blended benchmarks at entity levels or ben blended benchmarks at family levels. So you can kind of create your own index composite that, that resides at overall of your, your family benchmarks and that's that. Um, you know, you can also see here, we're, we're showing it at the matriarch or patriarch. So we can show them at different levels at the, the, and break out what the children own. Um, what we often find is once you have this technology, the discussions around it become even more important. And Kirby, I know you spend a lot of a lot of time on that, and being able to you know articulate and have the discussions around wealth, um, these systems allow you to tailor some of those. So you can start with just giving them an asset allocation view. You know, here's some assets, and here's the the, the drill down. Um, as they get more familiar, you can show them what resides within the accounts. What is the performance of those? What is the underlying risk characteristics? Who manages those? Introducing them to advisors, introducing them to people. So. Um, it allows you to, you know, curate reports at different levels. You know, maybe the matriarch and patriarch will have 
you know, a 20-page report that dives into everything, where the children have a smaller report. Uh, so you can kind of segment and, and break those out as needed. So you're you're telling the correct story at the right time. I love that. That's really powerful. Um, and you know, I was alluding to it earlier. You know, the asset location and where things are at. Um, whether you're the custody at Schwab, J.P. Morgan, Fidelity, Pershing, whether they're in uh, overseas entities. Um, being able to track where the where those are, what is the allocation, um, and then being able to also track the liability side of it. So, you know, we work with families that will look at, you know, revolving loans, intrafamily loans, um, you know, mortgages, anything that they end up having on the liability side to then track, you know, what does that kind of balance sheet look like? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so there, there's a lot of power in being able to, to just see that. You know, that gets again back to the um, you know, where is your money? How do you know that? Are you tracking it on an ongoing basis? What used to happen and what still happens a lot today is they're doing it on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, right? And so they're pulling up manager statements on a on some sort of a you know a desperate basis whenever the patriarch or the investment owners ask. This technology allows you to do this on a daily basis. So we have families that run weekly flash reports. We have families that will call us up and say, hey, you know, the market's down. I want to see a list of all my cash accounts and where it is, or I want to see how well XYZ manager did today. So there's power in having those things. When it's the other way, when something does happen, whether it's a death in the family or whether it's in a market event or whether it's some sort of liquidity event, your time to decision is now much longer. Now you need to have somebody go into Excel and to your point, hopefully they don't fat finger number and now you're running into a situation of finding out you know, why is it a, an extra zero there? Um, so there is, there's benefits to that. Um, the target allocations and actual allocations are important too. Uh, so it just gives you a better framework from a wealth management perspective of, you know, what is your targets? What is your goals? How are you staying from those? Are you deviating at all in certain areas? And do you need to have a discussion around um, why are you allocated into a certain area or are you under allocated into others? Yeah, the story behind these reports is just pretty powerful. And I think you know, whether it's planning for capital calls or um, tax payments or just longer range planning that you, um, you know, need to capitalize a business more or you're winding one down, the power behind sort of having an aggregated lens to your holdings and what you're trying to achieve with your wealth and your businesses is incredibly powerful. But Jeremy, how how tell us about the backside of this? How does this? How do the data all feed into these reports? Tell us more about that side of it. Yeah, it's a good question, and you know, I think that got back to the you know how often can you run these reports? Mm -hmm. um, since this is a you know a one on one type session, I don't want to get too into the weeds, and mm -hmm. there is differences between some of the systems. But I'd say the the best example would be if you if you think about kind of the the family circle. Um, most of the accounts that are held at the liquid custodians, so if you see the Schwab's, the JP Morgan's, the Pershing's, and many of the larger institutions, they'll have direct data feeds that go into these aggregation tools. So on a nightly basis, they're sending in transactions, valuations, cost basis data, anything else that's coming over from the custodians, they're then coming in directly into these systems. Anything that's not directly fed in, so private investments, real estate, you know, family holding companies, anything like that, you need to enter and track in the system. Uh, but once you build out that family tree and structure, once you hook in the liquid assets and enter in the e-liquid assets, 
you can then have that beautiful reporting where on a daily basis you can run reports and you can look at things on the fly. So um, the tools and technologies have evolved a lot over the last, I'd even say three or four years. And most things are cloud-based or SaaS-based systems. Um, a lot of them have, you know, garnered a lot of attention as technology has grown. Um, I liken the industry to kind of an arms race right now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of technology spend. There's a lot of money that's been poured into, uh, you know, into the different tools. Um, and with that becomes, you know, better functionality for the end client. So I think we're still at kind of the, you know, the, the middle innings of what these technology and tools look like. Um, and the, the pace of growth and the new feature sets and things like that continue to, to increase. So, you know, the industry's goal is to get as many people off of Excel as possible. Um, and I think Excel fits a, a great number of reasons why you use it. I use it on an everyday basis. Um, but being able to aggregate that much data across different managers and be able to run calculations on the fly, um, yes, you're going to be paying a fee for that. But usually that fee and just time to execute and you know, wrapping your arms around it um, is justified by a lot of clients once they get into it. Sure. So where would a family or family office begin if they were maybe using um, Excel or Sage Intact or some other accounting system? Um, where would they start with, if they wanted to go down this path of sort of ramping up their reporting and, and going towards a consolidated view? Yeah, I'd say it's not a one-size-fits-all solution, that's for sure. Um, there's a lot of use cases, whether it's, you know, how you're staffed internally, um, how you're handling investments today, how you're handling accounting today. Um, you know, are you doing accounting and tax in-house? Are you having those things outsourced? Um, you know, my recommendation would be to, you know, go to trusted people that you that you know within the groups. I think you know, Tamarin Learning does a great job, and I know you guys are connected to a lot of uh, wealth owners and families from that perspective. Um, I always start off those with the more of the consultative approach on the Mirador side. Um, you, you need to know kind of that needs assessment. You know, what is your end goal? You know, what are some of those you know, pokey proddy questions of net worth, family structure, staffing, all of those things? Uh, but once you know that, you can kind of distill down what is the right technology solution for the family. Um, and that's what I spend a lot of my, my time during the day is kind of you know, distilling down all of those technology decisions that we just walked through into solution sets that, that fit the family for today, um, as well as tomorrow and what they're going to grow into. And you know, nobody has a, has a crystal ball into what that's going to look like, but I think we can all probably say technology is going to continue to increase. And I think the newer generations and adoption to mobile apps and you know, data on your fingertips is going to continue to increase. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I would, my recommendation would be to, you know, continue to, to press on and look for either your wealth management for firms, your wealth advisors or trusted parties like a Tamarind or a Mirador uh, that are, you know, definitely in tune with, you know, the, the complexities of wealth and, you know, what is the correct way to manage your technology around that. Yeah, I think that's great insights. And I also think about the fact that um, a lot of wealth managers have the ability to provide some level of consolidated reporting. However, I will say from my personal direct experience in working with families, um, sometimes they don't always have the ability to have the data feeds from the other holdings at other institutions, because obviously other institutions don't necessarily want to share how they're investing with potentially their competitors. So 
I mean, the reality is a lot of families have to sort of think about this independently from where their accounts might be set up and held and invested as a way to sort of bring it all together. Um, and I can imagine on a staffing perspective that this would greatly enhance efficiencies of personnel and people if you don't have 20 analysts um, doing a lot of manual data um, computations and you have a lot more um, clean data coming in from directly from the source. So I, I can imagine there are just so many benefits to staffing, you know, your family office or whatever sort of structure that's supporting your family. And also just um, the honesty side of really having that transparency of what you think is really happening in all these different um, uh, institutions that might be serving your different accounts. So I'm really um, thrilled that we had a chance to talk to you, Jeremy. And I know we have the desire to dig deeper into technology and reporting because it is moving at the speed of light. So I'm glad that you're you're on the the cusp and uh, seeing it firsthand because it's it's changing so rapidly every single day. So I can't wait to dig in more um, at a future podcast with you, and we'll go into more about just the setup and design and the technology support and needs of families and the complexities that are arising. So um, thank you so much for joining us here on the Tamron Learning Podcast. Again, this is Jeremy Langlois. He's from Mirador and we were talking consolidated reporting. Thank you.